Legal Matters. Claire Thompson, specialist of family law practitioner and head of the family law department at Wits Incorporated, joins me now. Claire, good evening to you and thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Aubrey. So lovely to be with you this evening. Yeah, it's not as good as when you're here in the studio. No, I, yeah? I was going to entertain earlier. I'm just missing being with you guys this evening, but uh, this is better than nothing. So it is, I'm glad it is most there. certainly Bye-bye. better than nothing. Claire, engagement. What is that in law? Mm. I mean, we, we understand it culturally. We understand that it is sort of... Um, you know, when you are sort of booking somebody to say, okay, this person is no longer um, available or I am no longer available, I have already been taken. But what does that mean in law? So I think uh, to start off uh, what we understand about marriage and uh, the legal implications and ramifications of marriage, and we've spoken quite extensively, I think, over the years about you know, what the impact of marriage has um, on one's life from a financial perspective um, and, and, and from a legal perspective. But I think to take a step back from that and to consider when someone promises that there will be a marriage, whether or not that there are legal implications that follow from that. Um, and I think, uh, I suppose, uh, for those who are contemplating a, a proposal tomorrow, this is perhaps, uh, you know, the time to think about whether or not that proposal has legal ramifications or not uh, before one asks the question or before one answers in the affirmative. So does that mean that a, a proposal is an engagement? So in law... We refer to what we call engagement uh, as a promise to marry, uh, the promise to enter into a marriage with one in due course. Um, And what's interesting about the law of engagement is that uh, historically in South African law, um, if one did not make good on one's promises to, to marry somebody that they had proposed to and that they were engaged to, and like all things in law, depending on the circumstances, but if one could prove their case, one could certainly claim uh, as a result of the failure to go through with the promise to marry somebody. So, so, so an engagement is understood, at least in law, as a promise to marry. As a promise to marry. So it's I not. Think, it's not. It's not just some fleeting um, statement of intent that may or may not happen. It is understood in law as a promise to marry. Because if that if that is the case, uh, Claire, it 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 has all sorts of implications, even for mm. a for a dumb oak like me. Uh, if if you are if you are promising to marry somebody. You are basically saying stop everything, stop every, um, you know, every prospect of marriage that you might have out there. Focus on me uh, and whatever opportunities that would have come from other uh, uh, prom- prospects are then suspended by that proposal, I imagine. And I think, you know, to take that a step further as well, is that when we think about consequences that come about as a result of promises. Um, And I think very often we understand uh, promises in law 
uh, to emanate from contracts, for example, when people undertake to do something um, and in return the other person undertakes to do something else. Um, and I think if it is that we are to think about this promise to marry similarly, the consequences of this uh, promise in our current law depend on how close the parties are to the prospective wedding and what steps they have taken to get there. Um, and I think it's important for us at this point in time to uh, to sort of draw a line in the sand, if I can say that, that Historically, people could claim damages for uh, the failure to go through with the engagement, whereas uh, with regards to the development in case law, uh, that, you know, we've, we've spoken about how the law develops uh, in judgments that are handed down that pertain to particular matters in our law. Um, judgments have found that to hold somebody to a marriage, uh, that they do not intend to go through with no longer renders that person uh, we, the, the aggrieved party can no longer claim for that person other than for damages which have actually been suffered and we can unpack what this idea of damages uh, actually means with regards to uh, how close we are to the wedding for example I'm interested to find out and I do want to go into that conversation about damages, uh, compensation mm. if somebody feels aggrieved by uh, 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 an unrequited sort of promise. I, I want to get a sense of under which circumstances does the law consider that an engagement is has been entered into of sorts, whatever. Uh, some sort of engagement. What rituals what would have been done in order for the law to accept that we have an engagement here i mean minimum i'll, I'll give you an example i'll give you an example of, of of a couple of things that i've seen and i and i always wonder uh we we're at a wedding and the the drinks are flowing and everybody's excited for the couple that is getting married and then uh, somebody, the MC, stands up and says, you know, uh, all of those people that are going to be getting married soon, please stand up so that the priest can bless all of you, right? And then uh, the couples that have some sort of relationship stand up and they, some are serious, some are not. One, would that be considered some form of engagement? Um, when people stand up at a wedding and they say, yeah, we, we, are, we are up next. We're going to get married. Me and my what?" my girlfriend here are going to get married and it's done in public and everybody sees that happen. Is that an engagement? Is that a declared uh, legal engagement? Well, I think uh, like many things in law, it would rely on the evidence, you know, if there was to be a claim, um, if it was valid in law that there was a claim and that a, 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 a matter was to be brought before the court for damages under the circumstances where an engagement was brought into question. It would rely on the evidence of the parties um, that uh, that had uh, engaged in or had, uh, who, or had agreed with one another that they were to be married. And I think that uh, in a society like ours where there are so many ways that one can promise another that they are to get married, and, and that depends on our... Uh, 
on our cultural or our religious or our um, our upbringing in, in, in some respects. Like, how is it that we propose to one another? It might be with the exchange of a ring. Um, it might be with the exchange of certain words. But it would it would rely on the party to give evidence that there was a meeting of minds and that there was a combined understanding between the two of them, uh, that there was an intention to get engaged. And then the the resultant behavior that flowed from that point that was indicative that there was a, a marriage that had actually been contemplated. Um, and so the, 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 the example that you've given, um, uh, I don't think that that would be sufficient uh, in totality. I think that there would certainly be a, a need to prove that there were uh, subsequent actions that would follow. And I think, you know, if it is that we are to look at the damages claim, that if at all would be uh, uh, possible if a party was to claim that there had been a breach of promise, the, the claim that is currently valid in our law is for damages actually suffered. And so this, this is uh, for expenses that have been incurred in uh, progressing towards uh, the wedding, and I think it's uh, you know it's important when we think about that to consider that the uh, the steps that are taken towards that uh, that marriage uh, having there has been a, a a financial cost incurred in order to get to that point. So I think uh, the the mere conclusion of a, a blessing like the one that you have described would not be sufficient to then result in. Um, damages claim under those circumstances, I think that there would need to be more. Uh, and and the evidence that the parties would need to allege respectively uh, would then allow a court to make decision on that basis. A young man I'm very, very fond of started the pro- process of Ilobolo. Mm. So the family of the bride had asked for a particular bride price. And uh, as is customary, um, the the family of the young man left a certain amount of money and gifts to say that we will be back uh, to mm. fulfill the full bride price. Would that be considered an engagement? So, in the in the uh, the the anecdotal evidence, or at least uh, accounts that I have spoken of with people when I've consulted with clients. There seems to be a a, a dissonance in, in what I have heard uh, between the idea of the commencement of negotiations and engagement. Uh, that being said, I what I speak of is only anecdotal, um, and uh, I don't have a hard and fast answer for you, other than to say that. Uh, what we understand as the promise to marry rather than this word engagement is that this idea is that there is an intention for a marriage to be concluded. Uh, if it is that that the Bola negotiation has commenced and that there has been an exchange of money um, or goods or gifts with the intention of a marriage being concluded in the future, that if it is that that money or if it is that that marriage does not come to pass, that the man 
if it is that he was paying Nabola, would then have a claim against uh, uh, the bride or her family, as the case may be, for the return uh, of the uh, the gifts or the money that he had uh, incurred in anticipation of that marriage being concluded. And who would be liable? Would it only be the man if he reneged or uh, would the woman in that kind of heteronormative sort of situation be also liable for whatever damages, and we're going to go into that conversation, that would then ensue should there be a dispute? So in other words, so in other words, if, 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 if the, the woman says, uh, look, man, I... I was I was keen, but phew, dude, I'm not keen anymore. And the guy feels aggrieved. Would he be able to go to a court of law and say, "No, no, 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 no. I I feel aggrieved. I I want damages, whatever that is going to mean." So I think importantly, when we look at damages, commonly uh, in South African law, there are two component parts of it. One is the actual financial cost, and that's the first question that we must ask. Uh, irrespective of whether it's the man or the woman, I think in a heteronormative uh, sort of environment, we commonly understand uh, that it is the man uh, that uh, has incurred uh, an expense in order to commence this process. However, I think it's uh, I think it's pertinent that we're speaking in this year being a leap year, um, and uh, you know a, a year in which we 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 sometimes say that women are the ones that propose to men. Really, is that, um, is that the story behind the leap year? Certainly, certainly. Yeah. That uh, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's perhaps an archaic practice. I think uh, in twenty twenty four, it doesn't matter who proposes to who. Um, and again, we're speaking about very heteronormative, uh, you know, ideals, I suppose, but. Uh, in a world uh, where anybody can propose to anybody, it doesn't matter if one is um, a man or a woman or transgender, anybody can propose to anybody. Um, and the question then becomes, who has suffered loss? Um, and the loss, on the one hand, is financial, um, and on the other hand, uh, the question is, has there been a, a loss as a result of uh, the way that one feels as a result of uh, the, the breakdown of the marriage. And there are very, very limited and specific uh, reasons why uh, the second uh, arm of that damages claim could be satisfied. Um, and it, uh, it, it needs to be very specifically uh, uh, pleaded and the evidence needs to be very uh, specifically given if it is that one is going to succeed uh, with regards to uh, the emotional aspect of of the claim that could be brought. From a financial perspective, uh, the claim would be for one one's actual losses. So if one has booked and paid for a venue, for example, booked and paid for a suit, booked and paid for a dress, uh, already paid for the caterers, already paid for the DJ, none of those expenses are uh, refundable. Um, and it is as a result of uh, the the one party's conduct that the that the relationship ha- has come to an end and the, the engagement is no longer viable. Under those circumstances, uh, the person who um, has incurred the expense and who has been, uh, I'm going to say, broken up with or the engagement has been broken uh, off 
uh, if that person has incurred uh, expenses and has suffered loss, then there would be a claim that they uh, would be entitled to bring. What about emotional loss, emotional damages? Yeah, and I think that's really the, you know, that is the, the, the nuanced uh, aspect of, of um, uh, this particular conversation that we are having because um, there was a point in time where uh, one's uh, failure to go through with the marriage would uh, not only uh, allow a party to claim damages that they had actually suffered financially, but also uh, the, 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 the reputational uh, damage that had been suffered as a result of the, the breakdown of, of that engagement and, and the resultant marriage. But at this point in time in our law, the law has shifted in such a way to acknowledge that it is the it is the financial loss that one can claim, um, and that the emotional fallout, if I may say, as a result of the breakdown of, of this engagement, uh, is uh, not uh, an aspect of our law as it currently stands today. Sajaba asks this question. He says, "Hi, Aubrey, and your guest. Does this also?" Uh, apply to same-sex couples uh, in a civil union, uh, and that's from Sachaba. Absolutely, and I think I think uh, when we think about ma- uh, the uh, marital law in 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 this day and age, we must bear in mind uh, that people are entitled to be married in terms of the uh, civil marriage uh, act, where one uh, one man and one woman, to the exclusion of all others, the civil union act. Uh, where one person could get married to another person, irrespective of their uh, sex or gender. Um, and uh, customary marriages, which can be both uh, monogamous or polygamous. Um, and people are able to be married under any of those uh, those arms in the law. And the promise to marry under any of those uh, those different types of marriage, if it is, as I say, uh, an engagement that has been brought about and there is an expectation on the parties that they are going to get married, then there might well be a claim. Give us a call if you have had marriage promised to you in one way or the other, or at least you are under the impression that you were promised marriage. Give us a call. What was it that made you come to that conclusion? Um, was there some sort of ceremony? Was there some sort of a document signed? Was there a gift given? Uh, what was the the ritual that solemnized that idea in your mind? Uh, please give us a call. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, and if you feel aggrieved by the fact that the, your partner is changing their mind, what sort of of recompense, what sort of of damages do you think you need to be uh, paid in order for you to feel uh, some sense of equilibrium? (laughs) Uh, I know, for example, Claire, that in some of our um, uh, ethnic groups that there is a way by which um, families can agree to some sort of intaul, or what we call intaul, or would be some sort of damages paid, uh, not just for the fact that uh, somebody has decided not to go ahead with marrying somebody, but also for things such as reputational damage to the family 
of the one that was to be married, right? So um, there can be some sort of negotiation uh, to say, listen, uh, you know, you guys put us in a particular uh, uh, situation. We had made certain arrangements. We are uh, now the laughing stock of society. Please do something to try and sort that out. Uh, if you know of that, because uh, I don't have the full details of how all of that works, please give us a call and let us know. Just from a customary uh, point of view, I'd love to hear from you. 11-883-0702. But what I'm hearing, Claire, is that an engagement is a promise to marry. And mm. a promise to marry has got legal implications. Uh, but it has to be ascertained as to whether or not there was a meeting of minds between the people that wanted to marry for the purpose of ultimately getting married. So you can't just claim that there was an engagement if the the moment that you claim to be the engagement is contestable between the two of you. I mean, I think that's an interesting question, and I think uh, again, uh, you know, to to go back to this question of has there been loss suffered? I think that's really the, you know, the the, the crux of the of the question. Um, yes, there has been what we call an engagement, or what we understand to be a promise to marry, that somebody has is betrothed. I'll say uh, that uh, that there is an intention to get married. Um, and that both parties uh, have taken steps or uh, agreed with one another that they are going to be married. Um, and from that point onwards, that it is not simply an, in anticipation of the marriage, that there have been no steps and that nothing else has been done. Um, it is it is simply a hope for the future. Um, the question is, what what losses have been suffered um, and how did the breakdown come about? Um, was there a loss that one has suffered? And I think the, the point that you raised with regards to um, perhaps uh, less so for the family, I think from a damages perspective, but I think uh, for the for the person with whom uh, the, the for whom the relationship has ended, how that relationship came to an end was it done in a in a way that was um, insulting, um, public, that caused reputational harm. Um, and I think, again, the, the nuances of uh, an engagement and the, a claim that might exist as a result of an engagement is as a result of what a party can prove and what losses that they have suffered. And they would have to prove that uh, to be successful in court on on a very uh, factual and practical basis, you know, how is it that this loss has been suffered? Um, and I think, I mean, I hope that when we speak today, that uh, you know, if there are going to be uh, engagements tomorrow, that if they are to come to an end, uh, that it is done in a way that uh, does not cause loss for people, be it financial or be it reputational. Um, and I think if we are to look at very public engagements that we very often see with uh, high-profile people, mm. you know, that sometimes uh, plays out in the media, 
Um, and I think if it is that we were to see a particularly public uh, break, break up, and um, I think when we speak about risk, um, if it is that we are advising somebody who, whose life is, is public and, you know, in order to manage the risk that a, a person that lives a life in the public space uh, was to, you know, if it is that they were to contemplate breaking uh, or, or the breaking up off the engagement or for the engagement to come to an end, uh, I think the discussion uh, and the advice that would be given with somebody who ha- whose life plays out in the media and in the public space is to manage that risk in a very, very real way to make sure uh, that it is done in such a way that it does not cause harm to either party that is involved. Uh, bearing in mind that we do live in a world where uh, social media um, uh, and the media uh, in its traditional sense, you know, I'll say the more modern media and the media that, uh, you know, that you, you were speaking about earlier in your introduction, um, I think uh, the way that people's lives play out in both of those spaces now can have a very, very real impact on uh, one's uh, good name and reputation, depending on how it is done. Um, and I think that that's the benefit of having um, an attorney that understands uh, your particular uh, way of life, um, your particular public profile or not, depending on uh, you know how you live your life. And if it is that you are to make uh, serious life changes, then that is uh, the, the, the decision to get engaged, um, the decision to get married, and even the decision to break off that marriage or to get divorced, to manage uh, the way that it is done in order to make sure that there is no loss that is uh, incurred by either party, be it the person who is the one who is broken up with or the pro- person who is doing uh, the breaking off of that engagement. Here's a question from X. I have asked the, the, this question in a different way, but uh, I think it's coming up in a way that is a little more defined by X. It says, uh, Evening Robs, uh, please ask your guest, if this applies to women where the male promised to marry and a few months later the lady decides to leave the engagement, can mm. the male take the lady to court? Mm, absolutely. If it is that, uh, I mean, if, if we are to just play this out a little bit further as an example, let's say the man proposes to the woman and the woman says yes. And as a result of that, uh, the man uh, throws an engagement party and then books a venue and uh, starts to buy uh, wedding favors and gifts for the people and tickets for people who are going to come out to the wedding from, you know, lands afar. Um, And out of the blue, uh, the woman uh, calls the relationship off as a result of the losses that have been suffered in anticipation of the marriage being uh, brought to an end. Uh, the, The man in this case would have a claim for damages being the loss of the money that he has suffered and depending on the manner in which uh, she ended that uh, relationship and I'll, again I'll say it depends on one's public profile or otherwise um, and one's standing in one's community um, and how that in, the breaking up of that engagement is to come to pass and how it is done um, the second part being a little bit more nuanced than the first irrespective of whether that person is a man or a woman, in this example it being that it is a man, he would certainly have uh, the possibility to claim as a result of the losses that he has suffered. 
I, I imagine then, because what I'm understanding from you, Claire, is that if I can show convincingly to the court that I have been aggrieved and these are the damages that mm. are, are due to me, um, both of a financial, financial and of an emotional type, it can then be, and, and, and if I'm a very high-profile person and I can show that this uh, really damaged my, prom- my, my profile and my personality and my reputation uh, on social media and all of those, ca- it can be a very expensive um, process for the one who must pay damages. It, it, it certainly can be, and I think it depends on the, the, the duration of the relationship and you know what is being conveyed to family and the friends of the people and the, uh, maybe the public in general, if that is the case. Um, and then subsequently, how is it that that relationship is broken down as well? And, you know, it's not simply a question of somebody saying, you know, I've had an opportunity to think about this and what I've come to realize is that this marriage is not for me um, and that the person automatically has a claim. There are, you know, it is about building one's case in a way that is appropriate in order to to found a claim. And I think it's important uh, that every case is considered on a case-by-case basis. Uh, I saw a colleague uh, uh, in a recent uh, social media post said, my answer to everything is, it depends. And I would 100% agree to with that. Uh, the, the advice is always, it depends. But it depends on what has actually been the spent from a financial perspective in pursuit of this uh, this wedding that is due to take place um, and uh, how it is that uh, the engagement came about and then uh, came to an end. Um, but it is important to bear in mind that there is no claim for perspective loss. So if it is that you anticipated once one gets married that, uh, you know, one is to have uh, certain benefits accrue to them as a result of that marriage. That is not a claim that one would be entitled to. Um, it is only the, uh, the claim that would arise uh, to the point at which uh, that engagement has come to an end. It is not in anticipation of uh, what would have been, what would have come to pass if it was that that marriage had in fact uh, come to conclusion. And I think. What's important to bear in mind at this point in time is that a law, the law does not want to hold people uh, in engagements that uh, they do not want to be in, um, and they do not want people to get married uh, simply because they have uh, agreed to be married in an engagement or in a promise mm. to marry. Um, it is important that, that the law recognizes that uh, people must be released from a relationship that is not working for them, um, irrespective of whether or not the engagement has come to pass or not. But if it is that they have actually been damages that have been suffered by a person, um, then they might have a claim. And so I think it's an important thing to bear in mind um, as we progress toward Valentine's Day and, uh, you know, happy occasions that come into people's (laughs) lives as the year progresses. Um, that, yes, uh, one should not enter into an engagement lightly um, and that it might have uh, financial and emotional consequences for people, but also that if the relationship is not working, 
the law is not going to hold one bound uh, and compel them to get married, for example, or, uh, or, or punish them excessively for, for a decision that they have made uh, in order to extract themselves from that relationship that is not working. I suppose the whole issue of um, starting uh, an answer to a question with it depends is indicative of the fact that our law is such that if you can put forward an argument that is compelling for whatever position you are holding, then that is what the court will listen to, uh, if I'm understanding you correctly. So any any defense, any 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 position that you hold, if it can be argued effectively, then the court will listen to it, uh, I suppose, is what I'm hearing you say, Claire. Uh, to some extent. You know, there are certain things in respect of engagement, for example, that have been taken off the table. Um, And this question of uh, can I claim for future loss, you know, the loss that I will suffer as a result of not being married to this person is no longer on the table. You know, the courts have have been quite decisive about that. But um, the question of can I claim for damages and can I claim for reputational uh, harm, um, the way I feel, uh, those that is assessed on a case-by-case basis. Um, and it's not simply a question of going to court and saying, my engagement uh, was broken um, and so I would like uh, to be paid. It's about proving your case. And proving one's case is a combination of uh, evidence from a uh, from a financial perspective, so slips, uh, receipts, booking forms, contracts, and so on, but also... Uh, the evidence that uh, of of what happened uh, surrounding uh, the loss that was incurred on a financial basis, how that engagement came to pass, as as, as you have alluded to, um, how that engagement occurred, what happened between the time of that engagement and the time uh, that the engagement was broken up, um, and how that engagement was dealt with um, by both parties uh, from from a communication perspective, from a behavioral perspective. Um, and, I, and I think because there is this, uh, this aspect of proof and that it is important to consider how one does things just as much as it is important to consider what one does. I'll say this again and again and again. I think it's important if it is that one is contemplating the end of a relationship um, to seek advice, and it doesn't mean that uh, the engagement is going to be broken up by way of lawyer's letter, not at all, but it's a question of how it is that uh, you assess risk and uh, what sort of financial consequences are likely to flow from the decision, how is the decision communicated in such a way so as not to cause harm and to not cause risk. Um, And I think it's important uh, if one has... uh, has any uncertainty that the, 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 a moderate way of going about things um, is more often than not uh, an appropriate uh, starting point, at least, from, from when to, to start a conversation like this about the end of a relationship. All right, uh, a couple of uh, messages coming through from our listeners. Sam Trong on... Uh, on uh, Twitter says, or X says, anyone can propose to anyone. That's nonsense. 
Men control commitment. We choose who gets married and doesn't, and who doesn't. Same as women control sex. They choose who uh, who has access to sex and doesn't. No amount of being liberal will ever change that, says Sam Throng. How do you respond? Oh, I think uh, I think some people might disagree, but I think uh, that's, <laughs> that's a conversation for another day about uh, consent. I think that you know there's a there's a big conversation to be had about that, and that's a conversation that we can have a, for another day, perhaps. Yeah, and then um, this listener says, "Please keep me anonymous." I was engaged. We even went and bought a house, and then he walked away. I have been left with all the expenses, bond maintenance, and debt incurred, as well as reputational damage, mental and emotional implications. How does one go about qualifying for the cost of all of this? I think first and foremost. Uh, the answer is to consult with a, 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 an attorney uh, that specializes in family law to quantify whether or not you have a claim. To say uh, it must be considered what, has, what the expenses are um, with a very detailed list, of, you know, preparation of exactly what those expenses are. And then a story that goes along with that as to what has happened, how that relationship came to an end. Um, and then to consult with an attorney to determine whether or not you have a, a claim in law or not. Because every, it's the great thing about family law. It's something that uh, it, it's constantly evolving and it's always interesting because everybody's uh, story and everybody's matter is different. And so uh, it's important to go and explain to the attorney that you decide to work with who's going to put forward your case in court exactly what has happened uh, so that they can advise you properly on whether or not you have a claim because if you don't have a claim uh, and, uh, you know, the attorney has considered your matter, um, the consequences from a cost perspective of proceeding with a matter where there is no prospect of success might be financially detrimental. And so it's important to understand uh, whether there is a good case to be made um, and if there is a good case to be made, uh, you know, what it is going to cost in order to bring a claim like that against the person and whether or not you are likely to uh, recover any of that money at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And do we get a lot of these kinds of cases clear in our courts where people are looking for some sort of relief from the courts because the promise of a marriage just wasn't followed through on? Less and less so these days because of the decisions that the court has made um, that has brought uh, the parameters of the nature of a claim like this. Um, uh, it's, it's closed off a lot of those uh, those avenues. Remind us again um, what those parameters are that have narrowed some somewhat. So financial loss um, is an actual claim that can be proved. So if right. it is that you can prove actual financial loss, then you will have good prospects of success. But uh, as to the reputational aspects and as to uh, future, there is definitely no claim with regards to any future uh, benefits that one might get as a, as a result of a marriage that never came to pass. But uh, the, the the question of uh, reputational harm is a is a question that really really has to be satisfied before a claim is brought of that particular nature, um, and one must bear in mind that uh, we aren't 
we don't have the same legal system as America does where uh, the, what we would call pain and suffering claims uh, are quite a lot more extensive in America than they are in South Africa. And so we don't, we don't have the same legal system as they, as they do in America where they award punitive damages the way uh, that we, we often see on TV. I hear the thunder in the background. How do we get in touch with you? Oh, beautiful rain that we're having. Yeah. Uh, people are welcome to give us a call on 011-010-0400 or they can visit our website on www.witsinc.co.za and that's Wits with a Z. Always great talking to you, Claire. Uh, Claire Thompson, specialist family law practitioner and head of the family law department at Wits Incorporated.